That's right, folks. This week on Monday Night Raw, Elias returns. Where's he been? Will we admit finally that he was Ezekiel? Tune in to find out what Mr. Trivia and the Nuxter think as you listen to another edition of Top Rope Report. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of the Top Rope Report here on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and TalkShoe.com. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia, and joining me as usual, you know that guy. He's my co-host, my best friend, my tag team partner, the best in the business, the Nuxer Greg. Greg, what's happening? Hey, not much. So, Friday Night Smackdown. In the books right now, I didn't think it was that great of a show. Uh, you'll probably be surprised with some of my grades, but uh, I do have uh, that. We do have that to talk about. I also have the results from the King of Paradise tournament from PAPW. Oh, so, okay. we'll get into that during... Uh, during my indie report, and um, whenever you're ready to go, we can get started. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, all right. Well, um, Fred, I'm trying to. What is going on with this effing phone today? I've had more. I was a bit, no, I just I was keep getting. I keep. Uh, okay, you could tell me what's wrong with my phone. Oh, I just keep getting these ads popping up, and I don't normally get that on the site. That's... Um, well, I mean, not that there's much to talk about about it right now, but SmackDown opened up with an apparent car accident that Karrion Cross and Scarlett were involved in, which then led to Karrion Cross getting attacked by Drew McIntyre. Um, Karrion Cross was advertised being in a fatal four-way for the number one contenders match for the IC title. Um, he would be facing, or advertised facing Ricochet, Solo Sequoia. Sheamus. Sheamus and himself. Um, so obviously with everything that happened, you know, there was a question as to what was going to go on. Um... Then it was the New Day coming out to the ring, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, leading to a singles match um, between Kofi Kingston and Sami Zayn. Um, who's leading off, you or me? Uh, you can start off. Okay. Um, well, before the match started, it had Solo Sequoia, Jey Uso, and Sami Zayn at the gorilla position. Um... Jimmy wasn't there. Um, don't don't know if they actually ever explained why he wasn't there. Um, but while they're backstage, Sami Zayn got a call from Roman Reigns, who then had a conversation with Jay and had a conversation with Sami, and led to Sami coming down to the ring. Um, I thought it was going to be a tag team match at first. I didn't, I didn't realize it was a singles match. Um, but then we actually finally got to the in-ring action, Kofi Kingston and Sami Zayn. Um, Jey Uso got involved a little bit, um, super kicked Xavier Woods ringside closer to the end of the match. Um, 
did finally get involved in a decision where um, Kofi had rolled up Sami Zayn close to the ropes. Jimmy then Jay then came in and pushed it, so it was reversed, and Sami Zayn wound up winning. Um, it was an okay match. It wasn't the best match I've ever seen. It wasn't the worst match I've ever seen. Um, the action between Kofi Kingston and Sami Zayn was okay. Um, there was one scary part in the in the match where Kofi Kingston was on the top rope and went to do a what Hurricane Ron or whatever you call it, um, and and totally missed. And if it wasn't for the fact that Sami Zayn was there, um, we might be talking about the serious neck issues of Kofi Kingston and how he's recovering at the hospital in a, in a bed. Um, next to where Big E was, because he could have gotten seriously, seriously hurt, which is very unusual for, you know, a seasoned veteran like, you know, Kofi Kingston to to blow a move like that. But it just shows the experience of Sami Zayn recognizing that there was something going wrong and pretty much ad-libbing a move. Um, I, I gave the whole match and everything a B-. minus. Okay. Yeah, I, um... When I first saw the match, it was like, "Wow, this should be a pretty, pretty good match." Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, you know, when they were all in the back, Solo Sequoia was talking about, you know, "Hey, I can learn something from you." Talking about Sammy, and uh, it looked like Jay was, you know, loosening up to Sammy a little bit towards the match and after the match was over. And, uh, but I thought it was a good match. There was a lot of. You know, there was a lot of good moves. Like you said, the scary part was with uh, Kofi Kingston. And good thing, you know, good thing that Sammy, like you said, has the experience to know something's going on and save him from serious injuries. And, uh, but I thought the match was, was about what I expected, you know, between the two guys. It was a, a good match. I gave it a B plus. Oh, okay. Um, after that, we then had Braun Strowman in a one-on-two handicap match, um, the two gentlemen were Brian Thomas and James Maverick, i.e. the uh, local um, Mr. Softy ice cream truck man and a dishwasher salesman. Um, okay. Triv, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, this match was kind of what I expected. I mean, I think the best part about it was when Omos was coming down to the ring and, you know, but you know Braun Strowman was going to annihilate these two guys right from the beginning. And the sad part about it is, you know, they've got a former champion like Braun Strowman. I think somewhere along the line he could possibly be a future Hall of Famer. But, I mean, they just put them in the ring with these, like you said, you know, Mr. Softy guys. And I understand they got to get, you know, you're not going to see him in a handicap match against... Uh, the Usos or something like that, because, you know, they're not going to really risk the Usos getting injured in a situation like that. But it was good TV time for these new guys. And, you know, unfortunately, they had to go against Braun Strowman. But I wanted to see really something between Strowman and Omos, which I think we're going to eventually see somewhere down the line, which uh, which is going to be pretty interesting to see. I give the match a C+. Plus. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, once again, it, it same you know, um, script that they've done with Omos was just two random, probably local independent wrestlers from somewhere around the area um, 
put them in the ring, give them their little, you know, 10 seconds of fame, um, you know, record it in their DBR and say, hey, this is when I wrestled in WWE, you know, when they're 65 years old and they're talking to their grandkids. Um, but it was, once again, your typical, that's why I say it wasn't a two-on-one handicap match, it was one-on-two. There was no way that the two were going to beat the one. Um, and then having Omos and MVP walk down through the audience, um, you know, I mean, as close of a quote-unquote face-to-face you can have from, you know, 25 feet away. And if you'd asked me before SmackDown, um... I think you've actually asked me if I thought that it was, you know, Omos was going to face Braun Strowman. I was like, nah, I, I, nah, I don't see that happening right now at all. Um, well, I, apparently I was wrong. Um, it, it looks like the two of them will eventually, whether it be at Crown Jewel um, or whatever. Um, and then at that point, Omos will officially be buried on the roster because when he... Braun Strowman's not going to lose to Omos when it happens. It's not. They didn't bring Braun Strowman back to make him the monsters of all monsters to lose to Omos. Um, So then my question is, what happens to Omos after that? Um, But, I mean, the match was okay. You know, for what it was, they gave it a C-. minus. Okay. After that, we then had Maxine come out in a... It looked like just like a regular jumpsuit. It was sparkly um, with sequins showing off her dynamic figure. Um, introducing Masse and Mansour. Um, Mansour had this weird ass outfit on. I don't even know how to explain it. It looked like a. Like one of those sheer tablecloths on as a shirt. Um, and he was taking on L.A. Knight. Um, obviously in this match, L.A. Knight was the face. Um, the in-ring action between the two was okay. I mean, wasn't the... Once again, wasn't anywhere near the best match I've ever seen. Was it the worst match I've ever seen? No, because we've seen 24-7 title matches in the past. (laughs) Um, But it was just, you know, what it was. Um, And then after the match, L.A. Knight went full heel uh, on the mic and kind of told the crowd basically to kiss his ass, kind of, sort of, in his own way. Um, which was very confusing to me because, I mean, do I want LA Knight to be a face? No. Is he better as a heel? Yeah. But what was all this? I don't know. I didn't get it. Um, but as far as the the match and everything goes, I gave it a C. Okay. Uh, Michelle Higgy, thank you for tuning in. Uh, yeah, it looked like a Monsoir or whatever, however you pronounce it. looked like he was wearing boxer shorts in a ring. And, uh, but I thought, I thought the match was, eh, wasn't too bad. I mean, I liked L.A. Knight. I liked him when he was Eli Drake and, um, when he was in TNA. And I, he's gotten a lot bigger. I didn't realize he was that big. Yeah. Muscular-wise. Yeah, he's got a great and, physique. Uh, he does. He has a nice, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what WWE creative is going to do with him, uh, 
he is, like you said, he is better at the heel than he is a face. I'm kind of glad that you know, I can see maybe next week they'll put him up against the other guy. Uh, that's what WWE sometimes will usually do. But, you know, you really couldn't tell what kind of skills and everything LA Knight has because he wrestled against somebody that you know, he could beat nine out of ten times, I believe. Yeah, Mansoor's so, not that bad, though. He's, still, he's pretty, he's okay in the ring. Yeah, I gave it a C minus. Okay. Um, they then had a, a backstage segment, um, little flash, little, uh, I don't know, little sidebar here, um, Cora Jade and Roxanne from NXT have been feuding, and coming up they have what they're calling a pick your poison match, where Roxanne gets to choose uh, an opponent for Cora Jade, and Cora Jade gets to, gets to pick an opponent for... Roxana. Well, she was there and she asked Raquel Rodriguez to be the person to face Cora Jade um, on NXT. Um, Shotzi was backstage. Um, this then led to damage control coming in. Um, and just a little brief, you know, verbal altercation, which then um, was advertised then as a six women tag match where it was damage control um, versus Shotzi. Raquel Rodriguez, and Roxanne Perez. <coughs> um, you're first with this one. Sorry, go ahead. Um, surprisingly, I really didn't like this match. There was a lot of botches that I saw in this match. Uh, Roxanne, you know, she's still a little, a, a little new. She's only like, what, 20 years old, yeah, something like that? She's 20 years 20 old. Years old. Yep. And uh, I think picking Raquel was a, was a pretty good choice. Uh, damage control, well, damage control is damage control. They're getting, I can't say they're getting better because they've never really been that bad, but they're, they're establishing themselves, I believe, as a, as, a good tag, as a good tag team champions. And Bailey, well, Bailey's Bailey regardless. She's still hollering at Michael Cole and the whole nine yards. And Sean's looking better and better in the ring. And, Raquel, well, Raquel's Raquel. She, she can probably match strength with the best of them. Hi, Amy. Thanks for tuning in. Um, but I mean, like I said, there was a lot of there was, I thought there was a lot of botches in this match, and you know, Bailey got the win when she covered Roxanne, which was a good a good move. The roll it was another roll up, but it was just a a good ending because she went to give her the rosebud or whatever she called it. And, she ended up reversing it and flipping her over for the three count. So I gave the match a C plus. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I like the match a little bit more than you, but I will agree uh, about the botches. And from what I saw, I mean, some of the botches were Roxanne. I mean, she's young. She's new. She's never wrestled with any of these girls. So obviously there was going to be a little bit off. There was, you know, it was a little bit off with Dakota Kai. Um even a little bit off of the EO Sky. The ending was, was kind of weird. The roll-ups didn't look as clean as they normally do. But 85% of what I saw in the botches were Shotzi. She's just, she's not good. I mean... Okay, what happened here? What the motherless... Alright, well, apparently we are no longer on talk show. Um... 
my cord that charges my laptop um, apparently didn't charge my laptop at all. So my laptop just shut off. Um, sorry about that, folks. I don't know what's going on, but I'll fix that afterwards. Nothing I can do about it. Now we're live. Um, but she's just not that good. Um, I don't know if it's because she just sucks or she just is horrible or she's just not good. I mean, it's one of the three. I mean, um, you know, Raquel once again was Raquel. Bailey was Bailey. Um, Raquel didn't really get a chance to showcase her strength and her abilities, but you know, it was what it was. Um, I, I enjoyed the match slightly more than you. I actually gave it a B minus. Um, I, I, once again, I was thinking the interaction with Bailey and Michael Cole is is always great. That's why I think Bailey um, should be on on the SmackDown roster, not on the Raw roster. Obviously, because the girls, you know, because Dakota Khan, EO Sky having the titles, they can go to both brands. But regardless, I think Bailey should always be on the same roster that Michael Cole is on. Just because of their interactions between each other. Because I like when Michael Cole says, what are you doing? I'm talking about you. <laughs> right. um, then after that, we went to the match of Hit Row versus Legato Del Fantasma. Um, <sighs> I know, it almost hurts to talk about. Well, once again... And I'll, I'll, until they prove me wrong, my opinion. Sorry, my wheelchair's just moving. Um, Hit Row is not good. They're not main roster ready, um, as far as wrestlers go. Um, they're the type of tag team that was perfect for WWE under the old regime and the old creative. They're the entertainers. They do their hit row raps or whatever, and but they're they're not good in the ring. They're okay. Um, the the biggest part of hit row that made them good is no longer there. He's in AEW. I think he's still one half of the tag team champions um, with Keith Lee. I mean, it's just, just they're just not the same as they were. Um, Legato del Fantasma still kind of confused as to why they felt like they needed to add Zelina Vega to the mix. Um, other than to have a female competitor to quote unquote rival BFAB, I, I don't know. Um, it just it just wasn't that good of a match. Legato del Fantasma, they're good in the ring, um, but I think against Hit Row, it just they just didn't really get to show it. Um, I didn't like this at all. I gave it a D as in dog. Okay, I, I I totally agree with the exact same grade. I mean, Legato del Fantasma, they like you said, they're they're good in the ring. They've got the skills, they've got the talent, but that top dollar is awful. Oh my god, I mean, that guy's going to hurt himself or somebody else. And a 
Dante Diodonis, I mean, I I don't know what the deal is with him. I mean, like you said, the best part of their team is in AEW. And it's just, there's just something not clicking with these guys. And putting them on the main roster right now, I mean, I would have left them at NXT a little bit long, longer for more seasoning. But well, they, they were they're, gone. They're, they, they were released. So they weren't even in NXT. They were they were they were released, and that's one of the groups or one of the tag teams or whatever the quote unquote entertainers that Triple H brought back, and he yeah. brought them right onto the main roster. Um, and once again, they're 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 both they were both Robins to a Batman. They're, there's no Batman on this tag team. Fantasma is definitely the better tag team, but like you said, they just couldn't show it because, you know, you're in the ring with somebody who's really not that good, and they're kind of, you know, down to their level during the match, and so showing them really what they can do, I gave it a D as well. Okay. Um, after that, we then went to the fatal four-way match between Ricochet, Sheamus, Solo Sequoia, and advertised was Karrion Cross, who then at the last moment was not medically cleared to wrestle. Um, and we forgot to mention it earlier in the show. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about it before the match, but Rey Mysterio had a conversation with Triple H. So I don't know if you yeah. want to mention that and then go on and talk about the match if you feel free. Alrighty, yeah. Well, Rey Mysterio had gone. I mean, Triple H was thanking the police about you know being there at the time for their auto accident and everything. And then Rey Mysterio came up and was talking about how he, you know, he will not fight his son. He can't deal with what's going on with Dominic on Monday Night Raw, and he basically told Triple H he quit. So then Triple H took him in the back in the office and everything and talked. And come to find out, Triple H signed Rey Mysterio to SmackDown. So, SmackDown and Rey Mysterio was part of the Fatal 4-Way for SmackDown, which I thought was was a good move. And um, I, I thought the match was, was real good. Uh, Rey, I was kind of I was kind of glad Sheamus, in a way I was kind of glad Sheamus didn't win, but I wanted to see him win to go at it with Gunther again. I really picked Solo to win the match. I thought Solo might have won, but then, like we discussed before, WWE doesn't put two faces against each other. Two heels. So then that would have two heels. So then that would have put Ricochet and Rey Mysterio and uh, as the two faces in the match, along with Sheamus. But I thought it was I thought it was a good match. I mean, I, I thought the right guy won. Uh, how they're going to book Rey Mysterio against uh, Gunther? You know, waiting to see. I give the match a B plus. Okay. Um, first thing I'm going to debate is your your last statement of you think the right man won. Um, I, I disagree. I mean, this is Triple H's creation, WWE, if you want to call it. And... We're supposed to be getting new stars, new feuds, new pushes, and Rey Mysterio coming out of nowhere, entering the Fatal Four Way, now becoming number one contender for Gunther. 
I just, I, I, I don't like it. Could there have been a better story? I mean, before, okay. Um, Ricochet's had his chances, um, but it seems like anytime Ricochet gets a push, all of a sudden he takes a, he's told to take a right-hand turn on a dead-end street um, instead of going straight or left. Um, obviously, once again, we've seen Sheamus and Gunther. Would I love to see that match? Like I said before, I'd love to see that those two fight each other on every pay-per-view until WrestleMania next year. Um, and then once again, there didn't make sense for Solo Sequoia, Sokoa, whatever his last name is, um, Baby Oos, to win the match, because, eh, I mean, could I eventually see an Imperium Bloodline storyline? Maybe, um, but not under the current shape and form of, of both um, but with that, with that being said, this was an excellent match. Um, the action, you know, was, was nonstop. Um, and maybe that's the benefit of having a Rey Mysterio in there rather than carrying Cross. Um, it added that little athletic, um, charismatic component to the match. Um... Sheamus and Solo getting them taking care of themselves and getting them out of the match there towards the end. Just looks like maybe we'll see maybe we'll see a Brawling Brutes bloodline feud. Um which I I mean I would not mind seeing at all. Um you know, day one, Sheamus versus Roman Reigns is the main event. I, I mean I'll 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 buy that, you know, show ten times out of ten. Um, especially with the push that Sheamus has been getting. Um, I once again, I really, really like this match. Um, what, am I glad that Rey Mysterio won? Eh, mm, do I hate it? No. Um, it's going to make for an interesting match of the, you know, the, the quickness of the, you know, 33-year wrestling veteran, <laughs> um, Rey Mysterio against Gunther. Um, I actually gave this match an A-. minus. Okay. Now, what do you think? Let me put this question to you. What do you think it would have been any different, or would they have given the nod, even though they don't put two heels together? Do you think they would have given the nod to um, Karrion Cross if he had competed in that match? Because I think Karrion Cross against Gunther would be a hell of a match. Well, yeah, but I mean, I I thought from from the moment they announced this, once again, with it being a fatal four way, it's it's no disqualification. I thought Drew McIntyre would have gotten involved during the match, taking Karrion Cross out. So I, I had no consideration for him winning at all because of his feud with Drew McIntyre. That, that's what, you know, my first instinct when I saw that this was the Fatal 4-Way match, my first instinct was, okay, well, it's really going to be, oh, excuse me, a, a, a three-on, you know, three-way because Karrion Cross is going to get, quote-unquote, taken out. Um... By Drew McIntyre. That was my first thought. Oh, okay. Um, then after that, we had the highly um, anticipated, much talked about in-ring return. Not in a match, um, but speaking for the first time since it was revealed that Extreme Rules, that Bray Wyatt was back in the company. Um... As Bray Wyatt came down to the ring. 
Um, was this the promo that I was expecting? Absolutely not. Was this a great emotional really feeling for the guy promo? Absolutely. Um he he you know he came out and he he I mean he basically what was the quote he said? Um this is just me being me, genuine me, for the first time. Talked about the mental issues that he had. Um, talked about how, I mean, he basically alluded to that, you know, he didn't know if he was going to wrestle or whether he wanted to be alive. Um, talked about how he lost two people very, very close to him. Um... And really just, I mean, was was pouring his heart out in, in an emotional, you know, promo. Um, and then, you know, towards the end, that, that masked figure showed up on the screen and then SmackDown went off the air. Kind of still leaving that, what, what, what quote unquote, what, what did I just see? you know, aspect of it. Um, was I expecting to find out why he's back and, and what's going on with the rest of the Firefly Funhouse characters? Is is there somebody that he's targeting? Was I expecting that? Yeah. Am I disappointed that I didn't get that? No, not really, because of the intrigue is still there, like, okay, what, what's, what, I mean, are we no longer going to see Bray Wyatt? Are we going to see Wyndham Rotundo? Is that what he's now going to go as? And then still have another alter ego? Is, you know, is, is there, is the alter ego somebody else? Um, is the man in that mask um, going to wind up being Bo Dallas? So there's just so much more intrigue about it. I loved it. Um, I, I gave it an A as an apple. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was the promo was really good. It, it lets you see a side of Bray Wyatt that was never seen before. Um, I think Bray Wyatt would make a tremendous face. He's over with the crowd. Like you said, the alter ego. You can keep that in the back burner, kind of like the Finn Balor thing with Demon. The Demon King is his alter ego, and he breaks it out whenever he needs to. Bray Wyatt could probably break out the Fiend character whenever he needed to. But I really thought that the um, the, the promo was real good. Like you said, I wish he would have you know, made a mention of a couple of the names that he was going after, but he wasn't worried about that. He was worried about you know letting people know how he's doing, what's going on with him. He's glad to be back. So... I, I thought it was real good, too. I gave it the same grade. I gave it the same as well. Okay. Um, so, what, what are your overall thoughts, grade-wise? Uh, overall grades? Yeah, I... Because a couple of matches weren't really that good. I, I give the overall grade a C+. 
Okay, all right, I, I'll agree with that. About C plus, high C plus to a low B minus, like a seventy nine or eighty on a number grade. Um, right. I mean, I think the show is saved by the last thirty minutes, by the the fatal four way and the Bray Wyatt promo save the entire show from being maybe even a D plus to a C minus. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that overall grade. All right, one thing I want to talk about um, that happened in the back. Liv Morgan, Sonya Deville. Yeah, I totally forgot about mentioning that. I I think I'm starting to like this new Liv Morgan attitude. I mean, I, I know they got a match going next week, and uh, I don't really know what, you know, what's going to make of it, but I like this... Uh, this new attitude, supposedly looks like a new attitude of Liv Morgan. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to immediately make her champion again, but... No, no, I don't I, think it has I, anything to do with making her a champion. I, I really don't. Yeah, I, I just, I just kind of like it. You know, she went at Sonya Deville and, you know, jumped off the ladder and onto, on top of her. And I, I just thought that was, that was a pretty good segment. <laughs> so... What are your thoughts on that? On Liv Morgan? Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think it's going to... I mean, it's it's showing a different side of her, um, building off of her idiotic, quote-unquote, idiotic choice for challenging Ronda Rousey in an Extreme Rules match, um, when that's not the type of person she is. So now, is she turning into the you know, male version of a Jeff Hardy where she's going to be totally extreme every time she wrestles, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, yeah. Her getting into this little, into a little feud with Sonya Deville, um, I mean, it's good for both of them. Um, gets them both some TV time and then gives us a little something else to look at with Liv Morgan. But I don't think this, this character change um, is going to have anything to do with turning her back into a potential... Um, contender for a title. Okay. And uh, you had mentioned before, before we get to Nuggie's news, you had mentioned before about uh, Roxanne picking Raquel as her opponent to go against within the Cora Jade match. Who do you think Cora Jade's going to select? Rhea Ripley. I was just thinking that myself. I don't know who else, because she's going to be a Monday Night Raw to make her choice. I don't know who else on Monday. I mean, she's not going to choose Bianca Belair because you, you want a, a heel to go up against Roxanne. Um, so, I mean, what other major heel? You're not going to choose. Uh, maybe it could be Bailey. I mean, you know, that that's a possibility. Um, but, I, I mean... Dana Brooke. I mean, who else as as a top a top heel on Raw on the women's division would you choose? So I mean, I I could see it being Rhea Ripley. And if it is Rhea Ripley, you think that would be a good a good match between her and Raquel? No, she's not facing Raquel. I mean, uh, no, that's uh, that's the court thing. That's right. Right. Uh, right. She'd be facing oh, I, Roxanne. Oh, okay. I just thought that when Roxanne picked Raquel, she was picking Raquel to, to go in the match. Against Cora Jade, yes. Oh, okay. They're, the pick your poison is each of the girls 
get to pick an opponent for the other one to wrestle. Roxanne Perez chose Raquel Rodriguez to face Cora Jade. So then she might pick Rhea Ripley to face Roxanne. Right. No, okay. I see how it is now. Okay. All right. Thanks for clearing that up for me. So, all right, everyone. We're done with the SmackDown news. And right now, we're getting ready to go to my favorite part of the show. It's Dougie's News. So, Greg, take it away. All right. Um... I know normally we normally do a little segment where we talk about what might be happening on what what's advertised to be happening on Monday Night Raw. Um but I can be honest with you, there there's not a lot happening out there right now. Um so well actually you know what let me let me go to this one first. Let me go to this. Um sorry. Um we we've been talking about the returns um of people that have that have come back. So I pulled up an article um it was actually about a week or two ago. Um it's a progress report grades for the newest WWE stars thus far on the main roster. Um so I'm gonna give their grade um to these returning superstars. And let me know whether you agree with the grade or disagree. And if you disagree, um, what grade you would also give. Okay. First one they list is Dexter Loomis. They give Dexter Loomis a grade of a B as in boy. Uh, yeah, I would go with the B. Okay. Um, I'd actually go a little lower. I'd go a C plus. Um, that grid obviously could change after his first actual match, um, on the main roster. Um, once again, that's something we'll, we'll talk about as far as Monday Night Raw goes. Yep. Next one they give, Johnny Gargano, an A as an apple. I agree with that. I, I totally agree as well. Um, I mean, there's really... Not much more you can say about, um, I mean, he, he has the mannerisms, the shape, the wrestling style, very, very, very similar to a, well, formerly known as Daniel Bryan. Um, and I think with the right push, you, you could see, you know, that, that brief success story, um, with Johnny Gargano, um, Next one they list, it's not a, a, a return as more of somebody that's quote-unquote newer to the main roster. In Tommaso Ciampa, they give a grade of a C as in cat. I would probably go a little bit of a grade higher and give it a B. Really? You know, Tommaso, yeah, Tommaso Ciampa is, I mean, sure, we haven't seen him on TV in a couple weeks and you know, Tommaso Ciampa is a, is a tough competitor. I mean, he's former champion. Uh, he's, he he kind of gives me the vibe that he can he can strike fear into his opponents just by you know he's a good sized guy. He's got the wrestling ability. I just think it'd be like a B minus for him. 
See, I'd go, I mean, I would not go higher than a C. I would actually go lower and go C minus a D plus because I never envisioned Tomasa Ciampa being put on the main roster to be a sidekick to the Miz. That that's that's to me is very, very disappointing with him. He's so much better um than being the quote unquote sidekick for the Miz. Um he has a potential, once again, being a good solid stud on on the main roster like he was in NXT. Do I think he could be a main eventer? Eh, maybe not at this point. Um but I mean, I could, I could see him getting. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him getting into a feud with Seth Rollins, um, or you know, somebody you know, uh, you know, like that. You know, being a, a you know, an upper mid card to lower main event status wrestler, not a sidekick to the Miz. Um, they give the return and so far um, of Dakota Kai and Io Sky an A plus. I would probably go an A minus. I mean, it's it. It was nice to see them back. I mean, Dakota Kai has always been. I mean, when I first saw her, it's like you know this girl's not going to make it. She she just doesn't have what it takes. But you know the time she spent in AEW, I mean in uh, NXT, and teaming up and you know really learning the business. I think an A minus is a suitable grade. Okay. Um. I'll go a little bit lower than A+, plus, but a little bit higher than A-, minus, and I'll give it an A. I think the return of, right now, Dakota Kai and Io Sky, um, and, you know, obviously I'd have to say same thing with Johnny Gargano as being, obviously, the best return um, that WWE has had. They, they made a great decision in bringing the two of them and forming their union with Bailey, because um, I mean, obviously Io Sky's not good on the mic. Dakota Kai's okay on the mic, but pairing with Bailey, who's incredibly good on the mic, I, I just think it really helps. And I, I'll give their return an A. Now, um, do you think Bailey is the complete one hundred percent reason for their success? Do you yeah. think they would have been champions if they hooked up with anybody else? No, no. Nope. I'm Monday Night Raw. Nope, not at all. I agree, I agree with you 100%. Not at all. Um, another wrestler who's been up on the main roster for a little while, um, but they have him listed as Butch, as, oh, excuse me, as a C-. minus. Oh, no, that, that's a little higher for me. I mean, you know, when he first came out, it was like, you know, what the hell is this guy doing? This guy was probably the toughest guy in NXT. When he was down there, and now they got him running around like a like a little kid, you know, getting in everybody's business and stuff. And so now that he's got back to, I think, his old way of competing, I think the C minus is not a good grade. I, I'd go a little bit higher and say at least a C plus. A C Maybe plus? A okay. Maybe a B minus. Um, with the way that he's been used from the majority of return to the roster, like this little rabid chihuahua um, is kind of the way I, you know look at him. One of those little yippy dogs that you can't control. Um, they have to keep on leash all the time, which is what Butch was when he first came up. Um, 
now that they've kind of pulled the range back on that and they've actually started to let him focus on being a wrestler, um, once again, I'll, I'll agree with the C-minus grade, but with the potential of getting to a B to a B-plus if they continue to use him the way that they're currently using him. Okay. And the last one that they, li- that they list is the complete return of Imperium with Giovanni Vinci joining Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. They actually give this an A+. I would say... I would agree with that. I think Imperium is a tremendous tag team. I see them with tag team gold eventually. Uh, I think that Ludwig Kaiser is much better in the ring with his partner than he was one-on-one. I totally agree. I I can see that. And then with Gunther as the, like, I don't want to say ace in the hole, but, you know, he's he's a tough guy as well. And I I agree with the great. Um, The only thing about me saying is is agreeing with the A-plus, that to me means that they are the quote-unquote best newer addition to the main roster. Do I think that they're better to the main roster than Eosky and Dakota Kai and or Johnny Gargano? Ah, I don't know. It's tough. Tough for me um, to, to, to give them that moniker. So I'm also going to give them a straight-up A only because... It's like juggling the three as to, you know, which right. one could be the biggest impact. Yep. Next one they list are maximum male models, including Maxine and Max Dupree. They actually give this a D plus. Wow, that's generous. That is definitely generous. I would go uh, probably a D minus. Like you said, you know, Monsoir or whatever they call the guy's a good wrestler, and they, you know, they they mix him up with um, Mace, who used to be part of um, Retribution, who I thought could have been a, a a good wrestler if they let him go, you know, in a separate way, probably. But I think that, I think a D minus was suited more. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't give them an F only because. They're getting TV time. I mean, if they were, if they were Dana Brooke, where they're just not getting TV time, okay. You know, if they were our truth, they're just not getting any more TV time, okay. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a very, very, very low D minus. Um, and then the last one that they list um, is the quote-unquote newest single sensation in, in the WWE women's division in Raquel Rodriguez. Oh, sorry, there's one more after that. They give her a B as in boy. I, I would go with a B. Okay. I mean, I remember when I first saw her in NXT, she was kind of clumsy and, you know, didn't really look like she knew what she was doing. And then as she, you know, worked out and everything and got her... Her skills down. I think she's uh, she's one of the top competitors. I believe she could be one of the top competitors on on Raw. So I I 
Okay. Um, I might go to a B plus. Um, but unfortunately for her, she's not being pushed properly, in my opinion, in the singles division. They're, they're, they've been focusing on her maybe being, you know, a top contender in the tag team division. I mean, first with Aaliyah, now with possibly being paired with Shotzi, starting a feud with Dakota Kai and Io Sky. I just, I, I think they're missing the boat on Raquel Rodriguez. Um, Ronda Rousey, who did have a match with her, said that in all her matches in WWE, Raquel Rodriguez is is the strongest and, and you know, could be the, the most complete wrestler that she's ever wrestled in WWE. And she main evented WrestleMania with Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. So that's saying a lot. Um, and then this is actually the last one that they list. Is the promotion from NXT to the main roster and adding him to the bloodline, Solo Sokoa, they give him an A as an apple. Uh, I would give it about the same grade because, you know, he's part of the bloodline. He's one tough SOT. I, I think I see him as maybe a mid-card champion somewhere down the line. So I think, I think that's a good grade. I think it's the greatest thing for him. I, I honestly do agree. Um, the way that they're using him in the bloodline is is perfect. Um, he shows no emotion. He even with the the little thing with Sami Zayn last week, uh, you know, he didn't smile. He didn't laugh. He just has this serious, you know, I'm all business look. <clears throat> um, and I think he's a nice, good, solid pillar. Um, in the bloodline, I'll actually give it an A minus because I don't think his impact on the main roster is as high as Johnny Gargano, Imperium, and or Dakota Kai and Neo Sky. Um, and like I said, I, I do have another big thing about um, Monday Night Raw, but that's probably something we're going to talk about in the next segment. So I'm going to end Nuggies News here um, and turn the reins over to Mr. Trivia with some independent news. Alright, thank you, Greg. Well, most of Cards that I've been, uh, you know, mentioning have already been passed and they're gone, and I haven't had to know yet. But what I did was I got the winner of the Paradise Alley King of Paradise tournament that was held this Friday, uh, last Friday, at the PAPW training. And the winners of the King of Paradise that will be going against each other in different matches. Sly Nine Noriska, Greg Baylor, Mark Alexander, and Mills Hendricks. And they will be joining New Jacobs, Garrett Diaz, Marcel William, and Hunter Tarkin from Baffling. So you make out to be really good matchups, really good matchups for King of Paradise. And also, on behalf of the top rope report, I would like to congratulate the new Northeast Wrestling Champion, Trayvon Jordan. Yep. Well, I believe well deserved his hard for it. He's he just at the top of his game right now. 
undefeated Dan Hap, the former champion. And Draymond has got, you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. He's just an amazing talent. And congratulations he goes out to Trayvon Jordan as the new Northeast Wrestling Champion. Um, but these King of Paradise matches, I mean, I don't know who they're going to match up with because they haven't said, you know, this one against this one and this right. one against this one. They just gave you the winners. But I, but I looked at the list. I I think that no matter who they put against each other, it's going to be good matches. I mean, if you put Marcel Williams sudden during your little independent news thing um it, it it started so i don't i don't i don't know what's going on so um but yeah back back to monday night raw Your audio is horrible. Your 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 audio is horrible. I can barely understand what you're saying. Wow, well, I can't understand why. I, um, you've obviously seen I haven't decided so I don't know what the problem is. I I don't know. It, like I said, it's just it's you know it's like you're you're it's like you're talking through a kazoo. <laughs> you know, there's just this this humming really? and yeah yeah. I mean, it's not a hundred percent of the time. It's only about twenty percent of the time, but right. And then another thing with Monday Night Raw too is Bobby Lashley called out Brock Lesnar. Obviously, Brock Lesnar's going to show up and you know see what's going to happen with that. But can I get behind their match at um in Saudi Arabia if they have? One? Yeah, because there's no title on the line. We talked before. I can't see. Good afternoon, folks. Uh, I do apologize, but due to technical issues, um, we are forced to end the show um, unscheduled. Um, But tune in on Wednesday, and we'll be discussing the happenings of Monday Night Raw.